Good evening, LA. It's so good to be with you. This is actually two weeks in a row where I, John, get to host Apologetics.com Radio, where we challenge believers to think and think is to believe. It's so good to be with you guys. I hope everybody's doing well. I am in studio, excuse me, in studio with, oh my gosh, two of my, my amazing friends you guys just met this evening. But uh, I'm with Chris. You were on last week. Yes. You were here. Yep, yep. Lending to us your incredible mind to talk about all things art and God. Mm. And it was so much fun. And I don't know if any of you remember, but Chang, man, it's been a while. I know. It's been a while. I think last time was, um, were we talking about Kanye? <laughs> we were talking about Kanye. We talked about. We've talked about. Uh, um, who's that Laker who died? Oh, Toby. <laughs> who's oh that Laker? The the Laker player who shall remain nameless. <laughs> and wow. um, yeah, so Blast that was. Me. <laughs> yeah, so now that means that means that was a while ago. But Chang, man, you we we did the show pretty consistently for a while. Yeah, together. Yeah. It was like me, you, Andrew. Um, yeah. And Eric. Eric, yeah, Eric. And then and we had Nate on. I don't know. Oh, Nate Tinner. Yeah. Were you around for Nate Tinner? Yeah, I was here. Nate's my boy. Yeah. He's a good dude. Um, it'd be fun to have a re- like a revival show someday. One day, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But uh we're here now. And I always like to start the show every show by just thanking you guys, our listeners, because you guys are the reason why we do what we do. And uh, we have a ball doing it. You know, uh, none of us get paid. Um, we we do it just because we we're looking to have a good time and hopefully in the process lend to you, our audience, something that's have helpful. If you're, uh, if you're a believer, hopefully we reinforce your faith. If you are a non-believer, hopefully we will annoy you in a good way. <laughs> we put a stone in your shoe, something to think about. And uh, and I'd love to ask you guys to give us a call. If you have any questions in the way of values, ethics, morals, apologetics, of course, uh, Bible, um, anything with Christianity or, or philosophy, I'd love to, to chat with you. Normally now tonight is our science night. So if you've been tuning in and you're thinking you're going to get some science with the amazing Dr. Leslie Wickman, um, she is on vacation and we are not going to do science tonight, which is really great because I am just not a scientist. And the stuff that we talk about uh, gets pretty, uh, pretty in depth with Dr. Wickman, so we're not going to try to do anything. Uh, silly there and um anyways yeah so we're in studio we're gonna have a good time if you guys want to give us a call you can 888-995-5552 that's 888-995-KKLA and we'll make sure we get you on and um and ask us your questions so Chang man how you been dude I've been good um same old same old I've been good I mean I'm you know, I think last time was was it before COVID or? It was definitely before COVID. Okay. I feel like I feel like we stopped doing. I feel like we stopped doing the radio show pretty consistently together as uh, as COVID right, right, kind of right, hit. Right. Yeah. So I mean, since then, I mean, like everyone, I, we I had to deal with you know we had to deal with the uh, lockdown and and whatnot. But you know, uh, you know the kids are fine, family's doing fine. Uh, you know, just really thankful. You know. For, yeah, yeah, our health and 
and and whatnot. Yeah, so, praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, I'm so glad that you're back. I hope that this is more uh, more of a regular occurrence now, man. We could get a full studio again. I've roped Chris in two (laughs) weeks in a row, man. See, what it was is I get him perfect timing. He's just lonely. He's just like, oh, man, everybody's probably out. Uh, Yeah, what's that? Was he here before? Yeah, well, just last week. Just last week. Just last week, okay. He's a rookie. Okay. But you, but you you took it like a pro, man. Like, you're just amazing. I like microphones. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's probably not too dissimilar. You're used to studios and stuff. Cause, uh, <laughs> so I, I'm going to have you – okay, last last time I surprised you. I'm going to surprise you again uh, with – like you have a portfolio, right, of your work. My art. Your art. Yes. Is it online? It is currently disabled. But, yes, I can dis- I can enable it. You should enable it because then you could give everybody – you could give the whole of Los Angeles, upper San Diego County, and lower Santa Barbara County. You can give all those people, those those millions and millions of people who listen to us. I will. I, after this show tonight, I will definitely uh, enable it again. Okay. So what's the address then? Oh, gosh. You don't remember? <laughs> this I, well, okay. Here's the thing because it's not a uh, unique URL. It's a sure. Squarespace. Yeah. And so it's squarespace.com forward slash or however they do it. I forget. It's forward and, slash, yeah. And then the um, the actual handle is Janky Design. J-E-N-K-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N. So if they just Google Janky Design, you'll get it. Yeah. I mean, they'll get some they'll get something. form of my work. It might be something old and nasty, but they'll get something. Yeah, but there's no nasty with you, man. Your stuff's amazing. <laughs> well, it's incredible. Yeah. So, so uh, Chris is a, a graphic designer by trade. He's also uh, an artist, a music, a musician. You do mainly hip hop and reggae, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I've been spending a lot of time on the banjo lately too. Well, oh, that's right. You got a banjo on your wall. Yeah, dude, it's amazing. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Don't you wish? I mean, <laughs> the the spectrum. <clears throat> it's hip-hop and banjo. I've been spending a lot of time on the banjo lately, <laughs> says says the hip-hop artist. Nice. Yeah. I love it, dude. I love the diversity, man. Well, yeah. we, we last show, we, uh, Chang, I made, I kind of made, well, me and Eric both kind of made a fools of ourselves. Our true colors came out. I mentioned I really, really enjoy listening to the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah. And that was not cool. And then, um, and then, you know what? I was thinking today. I was thinking about the show last week where we talked about God and and art and the arts in general. And I should have said Pearl Jam, man. Why didn't I mention Pearl Jam? That would have been Jam, yeah. A little bit more cred would have been right? a little bit better. I mean, because Pearl Jam is one of my all time favorite bands. I mean, Prince. I could have gone so much. I just got flustered. You did say Prince, did I? And Salt and Pepper. Did I say salt and pepper? You sure did. Oh, (laughs) man. You sure did. Oh, man. I am so sorry for you guys listening to the radio program. Um, But what can we we do? We do the best that we can with what we got, man. And unfortunately, you guys got us tonight. So, hey, what do you guys think you want to talk about tonight? I mean, I'm just kind of throwing it out there. We've talked about a couple different things. Deconversion? Yeah. I mean, that's a big, huge topic right now, Mm. at least in Christendom. Mm-hmm. I think so too, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so when we say deconversion, I just want to just uh, kind of clarify the issue. Uh, a lot of you guys might have heard it uh, as deconstruction. You know, where what happens is is um, uh, basically somebody who is otherwise a Christian, um, maybe more oftentimes famous Christian, they evaluate or reevaluate their worldview and they start deconstructing it bit by bit. 
And at the end of the deconstruction process, however long it lasts, they went from being a Christian to a either non-Christian or uh, somebody that's in the progressive Christian camp. And so the progressive Christian camp would be uh, people who still call a churches that still call themselves Christian, but they don't really adhere to some of the main doctrines like the atonement of Christ. Um, you know, they, 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 um, they, they ultimately form a God in their own image, I think a lot of times, but it's more complicated than that. But so that's, I just wanted to get that definition kind of out of the way. And, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's affecting people, huh? It's affecting me and it's affecting, uh, you know, like I said, it's a big topic, I think in all of our lives, um, because there's a lot of famous people, um, Christian artists or whatever that are, that are kind of doing this in the open in public but i've also been experiencing in my own life uh friends um close friends who have who have kind of um told me that they have entered into this phase of deconstruction and some of them come out on the other side um pretty much atheist um yeah they and do. it's and it's been um i've had sleepless nights man to be honest really oh yeah yeah that's sure. not good no. I mean, well, I guess it is good because you have a heart for these people, right? I mean, you yeah, wanna... no, it's grieving. It it's is grieving for sure. Yeah, the um, you know, actually, Chang, if you remember, <laughs> if you remember, like seventeen years ago when mm-hmm. we did the show together, but we we talked about Joshua Harris. Do you remember yes. doing that show? Yes. And he was uh, that was now probably two or three years ago when he came out. Josh Harris is a was a Christian author. He wrote the I Kiss Dating Goodbye. The, the right, Kiss right. Dating Goodbye. Yeah. And I remember when that book came out, I wasn't. All about it. As no it was. guys were. No <laughs> guys were. We all hated it. <laughs> Get this out of my face! <laughs> and uh, and and um, he ended up uh, deconstructing, deconverting. And his is a sad story, I think, because yeah. I think his marriage ended in divorce, and so, so something was going on behind the scenes. And I actually remember, as we were doing that show, I remember thinking that, well, I wonder what this guy, what sin, honestly, what sin this guy has in his life that is causing him to run from Christ in such an extreme manner. You know, when when we live a worldview, right, I call it bumps in the reality. So when we navigate the world around us, we bump into reality. And our worldview, <clears throat> if... um. For example, when I was an atheist, right, I would try to live according to my atheism, but it, it was it became impossible because I started bumping into things. First, I started bumping into uh, the existence of stuff, stuff all around me. There's there's stuff everywhere. Where to come from? How to get here? My atheism couldn't explain that. Uh, and but the, a major one for me was the bump of I call it the bump of ouch. It's the it's a bump into the, a moral realism. And so there is a morality that undergirds everything in in life, right? And we have consciences given to us by the Holy Spirit. And uh, when we violate that conscience, every single person feels guilty. And oftentimes I find that when people, um, oftentimes, sometimes, how about that? Sometimes I'll soften it. Sometimes when people uh, leave their faith, one of my first thoughts, I think, is I wonder what sin this person has in their life that's causing them to run from run from Jesus because you can't live in that tension forever so you have to eventually make a choice am i going to hold on to my sin and and i'm not saying it's out of it, it, i mean sometimes it's just uh, i you you feel like and i know this as a pastor and and a public speaker would stand to reason sometimes you can't come out with your sin you feel like because you'll be shunned right, right. If, if as a pastor if you come out and say hey i have a porn problem 
like a serious porn addiction, what happens? Well, you lose your job, minimum. You lose your job. A lot of the times the people that like have trusted you with stuff will no longer trust you. A lot of times people will just turn their back on you. Your marriage will go through uh, through the rocks. So a lot of times sometimes maybe people feel like they can't come out with the truth. Right. And you start living in that tension long enough and uh and you end up where kind of where Josh Harris was, I believe. But not yeah. every instance is like that. You know, um, not every instance is like that. These, decon- these deconstruction, these deconversion guys, um, John Steingard, he was the lead singer of Hawk Nelson. I don't know much about him. I don't know much about uh, Hawk Nelson, right? Do you, have you ever heard that? You're a music guy. Yeah, I, I, I had heard the band and I had heard that there was uh, a dude who yeah. reconstructed or deconstructed or deconverted or whatever. But I don't, I don't really know him and I don't know their music. He's well. he's actually uh, he's he's one that's been interviewed by um, Sean McDowell. Okay, had him on his show and some other people. He's pretty open and pretty honest <clears throat> about his whole process. It and all seems that. to be, um, seems to be, but my my the, the uh, yeah. We, I mean, we'll get to this. I don't want to monopolize the time tonight with with my thoughts on this. Um, I'd rather kind of hear what you guys think. But it's interesting when I listen to these guys talk there's just questions that i'd like to ask them and they're just not being asked of them like what is the gospel hmm. you know um you know what what did jesus save you from because i've yet to yet to hear any of these guys and it's just it could just be the questions aren't asked i'm not i, I don't want to be that voice that's like um well they were never christian in the first place because i'm reformed and right. you know once a christian always a christian and like like and that might be what i believe but that's not I don't think that's necessarily the appropriate tone, and and that's I mean the the sovereignty of God and how He elects His His people is yeah. God's business. Right. Uh, I'm fine with that. I'm comfortable with that. So um, I don't want it to come across that way, but I do want to ask them. You know, because it doesn't sound when I hear these people's stories, their testimonies, if you will, it was never like I was broken, right? And uh, and and I needed uh, I needed somebody to repair me. Mm-hmm. You know, or I I recognized my sin, and I realized that I was an incredible. I mean, when I came to Christ, it wasn't in a moment; it took many months. Um, so I don't have that like Damascus Road experience. You know, I don't have that. Yeah. Oh, on June fourteenth, you know, nineteen whatever. Uh, mine came after a long battle with God and trying to run from Him. But I do remember uh, throughout that whole time having incredible feelings of my depravity. You know, I, I'm, I'm a wretch. I was evil. I mean, I was a, I was a child of wrath is what the Bible called me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I, was, uh, I was firmly planted in the dominion of Satan and, and uh, chasing after the lusts of my heart. And when you realize that there's a, there's a creator God who loves you so much that he gave his only son for you, I mean, it breaks you. Mm-hmm. It broke me. How about mm-hmm. that? It broke me. So, but I've never heard any of these guys explain it like that. So I'm not saying they weren't ever Christian. I'm just saying in their in their testimonies, I don't hear that. I don't hear the I don't hear the bad part. Right. I mean, it's it's kind of like the young rich ruler. You know, you you have certain. It's a value decision at the end of the day. Like there are certain things that you're not willing to give up. Um, Jesus, he was willing to follow Jesus up to the point he says, "Sell all your possessions and follow me." And there are certain things that we hold uh, in our hearts, um, like idolatry. It's an idolatry, mm. and we worship that more over than God. So, 
ultimately it came to a point like a when you have some kind of crisis point where you say, okay, I I can't live this way. I'm not willing to give this up. And then and then you 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 just you say to yourself, well, I have to be authentic, quote unquote. Right. And, and I can can't no longer be a Christian. Right. Yeah, and it's it's sad. I mean, because I mean, think about the young ruler. He was sad, and he walked away. He was sad and walked yeah. away. Yeah. Actually, it says that uh, when he walked away, Jesus was sad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it, Jesus That's was right. sad, which is like, oh man. Even and people that story were surprised. Like, heart. if he can't be saved, then right. you know, who can? Right? Yeah, who can? who can? I will say this that I've seen um, say in common with every story that I've heard is there is a. Um, there is a something that creeps into their idea of the word of God that, that begins mm. to lessen uh, the authority of scripture. It begins to um, make the word of God less authoritative, um, less inerrant, and more of a fluid concept. And every single story I've heard um, begins with the um, the questioning of the authority of scripture. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> you guys don't know this, but I'm incredibly prepared actually this evening for, this has been heavy on my heart too, just yeah. so you know, Chris, like, uh, you know, it really does break, breaks my heart. Like I have such a, what, and, and it sounds so weird coming from my mouth just because it's just, I, a lot of people don't know me like this, but my relationship with God is robust. It's very, very real. My, like, I, I, I feel like I know Jesus like I know my wife, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, we, I, we talk, I, I spend a lot of time with him every single day. I spend more time with him than I do Rihanna. That's for sure. Um, and I'm just so grateful to him for what he's done for me and what he continues to do for me. And I just, I just love him so much. And when I hear of these people like turning their back on him like I just I can't I can't even countenance uh, I, I couldn't countenance living uh, a, a day without without Christ like and turning my I can't even imagine turning my back on him knowing and, and, and knowing what I know the knowledge is there of course there's a regenerate heart in me like so so the Holy Spirit is in me so these convictions this is ultimately supernatural but it's just my heart breaks for these people because it makes me feel like well maybe I, I wish that they could just know the God that that I know. Um, because because my life is hard sometimes, um, because I have sin in my life, I struggle, but I still uh, I still chase after and love Jesus, and um, and I doubt, you know, there's a lot of things, man. Um, there's a lot of things I doubt about. But anyways, so my heart breaks for these people. So I've spent a lot of time kind of just thinking about it and jotting. I've got literally, I've actually have like eight pages of notes here. They're not in any order. So, but um, what you were saying is uh, you, there's a general trend that yeah. kind of starts sometimes with the, um, the, the questioning of the authenticity or the historicity of scripture. Yep. And actually, um, there's, uh, there's a lot of overlap when you start listening to these stories. I've listened to a dozen of those stories now. And one of the th- key factors is they reject the, the inerrancy of Scripture. They reject the authority of the Bible, but they also reject authority in general. I feel like um, they, they reject the idea that God can judge us. Like, mm-hmm. like they, they don't like the idea that of a judging God. They just want the love, not the judgment. Right. right. Um, you know, they reject God's moral standards, especially when it comes to sexuality. Excuse me. I have so many friends that are um that are in that camp 
right. where it's the sexuality stuff, whether it be gay, lesbian, whether it be uh, transgender, or whether it be all up to the pronouns and stuff that we're talking about now, you know, yeah. uh, they, this is a huge stumbling block for people. Yeah. Um, you know, um, they also reject God's um, dealing with, with the world. You know, they, 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 they reject God based on the existence of evil, the existence of suffering, and then the existence of hell. Right. And they don't like that. And those those four areas I've noticed that run throughout all of these, uh, all of these. I mean, there's Marty Marty Sampson. He was with Hillsong. Josh Harris. He's an author. Rhett and Link. YouTube personalities. Um, John Steingard. Uh, Bart Campalo. Uh, Abraham Piper. John Piper's son. Right. Yeah. I watch his TikToks. Dude, I love his TikToks. Yeah. Man. So, and this is this is like th- this is another issue. Like Rhett and Link and Abraham Piper. I love their stuff. Yeah. Like I just like the stuff they put out. Abraham Piper, he he's an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, and he uh, he sells puzzles. Have you ever seen his puzzles? Yeah. He sells like a puzzle that's just like all white, so it's like no picture. So you just got to figure out how to put it together by the pieces. Am I wrong, or did he start the blog Twenty Two Words, which turned into somebody bought it out and is now it's basically like a a meme <laughs> blog? Is but it? I have no idea. I think he started that, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he may have. I mean, he's huge. Yeah, no, he's. I think he's. I haven't looked at his financials, but I'm sure he's made a. Yeah, good living for himself. But man, when I listen listen to uh, yes Abraham Piper, I I just see John Piper, but like yeah. Bizarro, yeah, like a Bizarro John well, he, Piper. He looks. Long hair. He looks. Right. He looks. Um, honestly, when I watch his TikToks, he looks. Um, he looks bitter. He looks sad. Honestly, he looks like he it has some serious baggage there, uh, which is obvious. But it's like, man, and sometimes the the way that he argues against some of the ideas in scripture mm-hmm. are just illogical well, yeah. and 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 just weird. Like mm-hmm. as as John Piper's son, you'd think he'd have a lot more uh biblical knowledge so that he doesn't sound like an absolute buffoon to most Christians listening right. <laughs> you know yeah well but the here's the scary part is he doesn't look like a buffoon I feel like to a lot of Christians well yeah that I is think a scary I think part. he's I think he's venting a lot and I actually I really like John Piper I mean uh, uh Abraham Piper I don't know why but of all those guys his story kind of strikes me the most maybe it's because I'm a pastor and I just pray for my kids yeah you know, it's just like, I mean, being a pastor's kid can't be easy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not your typical pastor, so I don't think, I'm hoping my kids don't grow up with uh, some of the typical pastor issues. But right. um, I just, my heart breaks for him, man, I mean, and for his dad. His dad has a fantastic legacy thus far. I mean, yeah. and, uh, but that must have been tough, man, growing up with him as a dad. I mean, yeah. and then I started asking, I mean, Piper probably traveled a ton. I wonder how much, I wonder how Piper feels, but John Piper feels about his son walking away. Maybe he's thinking, oh, man, I wish... Right. But it's also this is his second time. Yeah. So he's done this before. Yeah. It makes came. me wonder though, like, you know, did 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 you talk to your dad about these issues? You know, or make me wonder about my relationship with my son. You yeah. Know, just thinking about if we have all these issues regarding the faith, is or do we have the relationship where yeah. he's open enough to bring it up? Yeah. Dad, I'm thinking about this and I have these problems and these objections. Can right. I just flesh right. it out you know go have at it you know right. have some or is, is there some level of shame there or something like 
You know, I, I think about that because I'm not saying that they didn't have that kind of relationship, but I wonder about my relationship with my son. Right. Yeah. I think, too, like this side of things, um, and this is not uh, – I, I, it's such a heartbreaking story, and it, it is a cautionary tale. Um, but there is this sense in which – and normally I would say it's a private matter. They deal with it. But because Abraham – is so public about this and is so out mm-hmm. uh, and just broadcasting it all over the world. I am waiting to hear John Piper oh. address it. I wonder if he will. I don't know. But I, I, I think it's 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 a stumbling block. Yeah. I think it is. I think it's a stumbling block. I know for me, because I love John Piper, I love his teachings, right. To to hear... Abraham Piper, yeah, speak that way. It's like, man, I I want to hear from my quote unquote internet pastor. Like, what <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what's, <laughs> internet what's, pastor? What's huh? happening here? And um, there's just silence, you know. And so, and, and mind you, the sensitivity of the subject has got to be right. through the roof. Um, I I can't even begin to imagine, you know, no having two boys myself. Oh, dude. Um, the idea that one of them would not just uh, be lukewarm, but be completely aggressive towards the church, towards Jesus, towards me yeah. as a as a dad. Oh, man. That yeah, would... I tell my son, if you have any problems, let's talk. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, After I watched Abraham Piper, I, that, that was the first thing I was thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that that's a really, that's really good advice for people, you know. I think it's important that as we raise our kids, and there's probably people listening right now who have kids who you've raised well. I mean, you've poured your heart and soul into them, and they just walk away from the faith, and that's concerning. Right. Um, but I think it's important to, to communicate with them openly, honestly. And so what I try to do in foster my kids, they're still little. They're not as old as you guys' as kids because um, I'm just way younger than you guys. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um I just try to reiterate the fact that I love them no matter what. Right. I mean, even if they walk away from the faith, I'm going to love right. them. Right. You know, uh, but I can't, I couch that in the context of God's love for them. Right. The only reason why I love you unconditionally is because God loves me unconditionally. That's the only reason. That's the that's the only reason I'm capable of it. Right. So that's a good note to uh, to end on this this segment. We've got another 30 minutes coming up after the break, though, guys. If you're listening, this is Apologetics.com Radio, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. We'll be right back. The mission of Apologetics.com is to challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe on the radio, on the internet, and now in the Life of the Mind conferences. If you believe in the work that Apologetics.com is doing, we encourage you to support us with your prayers and also with your tax-deductible gift so that this ministry will continue on the air, on the web, and in events near you. Gifts of any amount are appreciated, and it's very simple to participate. Just go to Apologetics.com and click Donate. It's safe and secure. Or you can send your check or money order to Apologetics.com, 1900 Southwestern Avenue, San Pedro, California, 90732. Thank you for supporting Apologetics.com. 
Hi, I'm Pastor Steve Wilburn from Core Church, Los Angeles. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11:27, I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights. I wonder if that would describe anyone listening right now. Maybe you're going through a really tough time. We're constantly reminded that life is not always sweet. It can be filled with times of great pain and sorrow. It's been said that those who can measure their life by loss instead of gain will through their suffering have the most to give to others. But I wonder, in the midst of our pain, are we learning the valuable lessons through the valley of despair? Know this, Jesus will never abandon us when our valleys turn into deserts. Those priceless lessons are to be shared with others traveling down the same path of pain. Today, allow our Savior to be your rock and refuge so we can share with others that greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. Check us out at corechurchla.org. Hi, ladies. Welcome to Open My Eyes. I'm Lori Wilburn. In this last year, I've been remembering some of my heroes in the faith, women like Harriet Tubman and Elizabeth Elliot. They're examples of faith and fortitude, while facing hardship and heartache is astounding. In Philippians 3.14, the Apostle Paul said, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul faced his share of suffering and setback, but he could not be discouraged from his course. His race wasn't finished. There was much more for Paul to do for the sake of Christ. Ladies, remember, our salvation is a high calling. Let's press forward serving Christ with all we've got. Let's replace fear with faith to all that lies ahead. To learn more, visit my blog at corechurchla.com. All right, let's get back to the Apologetics.com radio show. All righty, guys. I think that was the quickest half hour I've ever experienced sitting in the seat. Um, It's just so good to be back here with you guys. I mean, this is, well, you're new, Chris. Mm -hmm. Chang, man, I miss you. I'm kind of new. Like renew, you're not yeah, renewed. <laughs> Born again. No, uh, we we did the I, we did the show for a long time together. I right, feel right. like like over a year at least. Yeah, I feel like so. It's really good to see you. I wasn't expecting you to say yes to my invitation tonight. I'm really glad that you did. Yeah, I really appreciate the invite. That yeah. Was, um, yeah, you're always welcome to man. But you live in Irvine, bro. I know. <laughs> that's that's the other way. Although it, it's about the same drive. It's like 45 Probably, minutes for us. Yeah. You know, we're up in Ventura County. Okay. Yeah, it's a little nicer up there. It's quiet and beautiful. You recently moved. I did. Okay. Yeah, but we moved, I moved like eight miles from my... Okay. Th- that's what we've we've done. I, I've owned now, I think, four or five houses in the same 10 square mile areas, area, radius. I tried to combine radius and area. Radia. Areas. Areas. <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, if you guys are listening, this is Apologetics.com Radio, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. And we are live in studio. And um, I just think you guys are amazing. And thank you so much for for listening. We are talking about uh, deconversion, deconstruction stuff. I don't like the term deconstruction. I just don't like it. Although that is what everybody seems to be using online. So it's hard to get away from now. But deconstruction uh, is... is, is, uh, 
a different philosophical term. It, it has meaning and uh, describes a different movement altogether within philosophy. And um, anyway, so I, I say they're deconverting, not deconstructing. Or exvangelical is the other hashtag. Right. right. Hashtag exvangelical. You know, so yeah. But deconstruction is—it's it's a process, though, right? Like you were saying, Chris, that yeah, you, know, you could come out, you know, still a Christian. Well, I think that that is the um, the naivete of the beginning of the process for most people. Is that yeah, this is just the 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 goal is authenticity. I'm just trying to get to authentic faith, but then in all reality. Um, I feel strongly that the whole point of deconstruction is really the ancient lie. Half mm. God really said. Mm-hmm. It really is packaged up in this modern language. But in all reality, it's the age-old lie, man, of did God really say that? Is Can you really trust what the scriptures say? Can you really um, believe that Jonah was swallowed by a big fish. Can you really believe, you know, this or that? And so, um, yeah, it's wrapped up in new speak. It's wrapped up in, you know, modern language. But I really do think it's that that same old thing, man. Because in the end, like we were talking at, at, at dinner, I have yet to hear of anybody that comes out on the other side of deconversion or deconstruction or whatever you want to call it with a solid, grounded, biblical, robust faith. Almost, I mean, I, my experience, 100% of the time, it's it's either um, an atheist coming out on the other side or some other strange creature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Strange creature. That, that um, basically just rejects the... Uh, historicity so you feel like it's or the authenticity somewhat of the dis- Bible. disingenuous in that they kind of, kind of go into it with their minds made up, almost looking for excuses. I don't want to put that into every single situation, but I can honestly say that there there's a reason why they're mm-hmm. asking those questions. Some, something happened. Where something happened, or there's 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 enough cultural pressure, or there's enough uh, hypocrisy in their own life or around them that causes them to um, rethink what they believe. And oftentimes, I, I think it's, 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 a, um, it's only going to lead in one direction. Right. Yeah, yeah the, um, I was watching John Steingod on uh, being interviewed by Sean McDowell. It's a great, I mean, it's a great interview. I think uh, everybody should go over on the, uh, Sean McDowell's YouTube channel and, and and watch it. But I thought it was really interesting what John Steinkad said because Sean McDowell asked him, like, well, are you an atheist now? And John Steinkad kind of backed off of that a little bit and he says, uh, he says, I don't feel right about shutting out the idea that God might be there in some form. In fact, I like that I've been more obsessed than ever with trying to figure out what or who that is. It's weird. This is really interesting to me. Okay, this is this is really interesting hearing these words. Like, this is a direct quote from him at the 20 second, uh, 22 minutes, 20 seconds, about in the video. Uh, he says, it's weird. Uh, in the last month, I've, sorry, turn page. I've thought about God more than I have my entire life. 
And I'm just thinking to myself, <laughs> wait one second here. Like, wait a second, buddy. You know, like the, here, here's part of the problem, I feel like. And that's why these questions rush right. into my head. What exactly, I want to ask him, like, what exactly is it that you're leaving? Right. Like, what are you leaving? Because if it's a caricature of, of the Christian faith, then, then okay. You know, right. but if, if you haven't, if, if it's taking, if, if, if you've been a Christian your entire life and you are the lead singer of one of the most popular Christian bands and it took deconverting for you to start thinking about God, there's a problem there. Right. You know, it, it's concerning to me, you know, and, and that, I mean, that's what he says, um, you know, and, and he just, he, he says a lot of other stuff. I don't, I don't want to get into it right now, but um it's just really interesting that it kind of shows his cards a little bit, Yep, I feel like. And one of the other things I find really interesting, like this isn't true of your friends, right? So, so Chris, your friends are, are just normal, everyday people. They're not famous, and they're wrestling with this stuff. These guys are wrestling with this stuff. They're famous. And all of a sudden, these Christian apologists come out of the woodwork and are like, hey, come on my show. Let's talk about this. Hey, let's talk about this. Right. And, and like they're getting – these guys are getting solid answers to their objections. You know, problem of evil – uh, solved. I mean, uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, as far as that, well, that's a, that's the right. title of Gordon Clark's book. He's got a little book on the problem of evil. It's, it says, uh, yeah, the problem of evil solved or something to that effect. And it's like, eh, it's complicated, though. but it, it, but it's true. I think the Christian worldview has the best explanation for, for the existence of evil. So, so you, and I'm left with the other question is, okay, so what are you leaving? But what are you leaving it for? Like, what are you leaving it to? What are you going to like? What 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 worldview? These issues, right? So so the five pillars of deconstruction we talked about during the break, right? We talked about them a little bit before the Bible, which you've been hitting hard, yeah, Chris, right? The existence of hell, penal substitutionary atonement of, of Christ, you know, Christ's uh, uh, sacrifice on the cross for us uh, to pay for our our, our penalty, our sins, uh, suffering in the world, the problem of evil, and uh, the fifth one is hypocrisy in the church hypocrisy in the church i think is completely valid um so i'll let you have hypocrisy in the church but you, you've got all these other questions that these guys are answering and they're uh, asking and it's just, it's just interesting it's just interesting questions man mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. and they're getting like really great answers on these things right like really great answers right um from the world's best mm-hmm. you know and and i'm wondering if that's are, are these really the issues Right. Is this really the issue? Are you are you really leaving your uh, the, your worldview? Are you abandoning your Christian worldview because of the the suffering and evil in the world? Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, man, uh, I'd like to hear a better explanation. It's not often. Well, it's it's normally not just an intellectual issue. It's a like you said. It's it's a something going on with with their life, the heart. Well, we also know it's spiritual, right? Yeah. So there's, there's a spiritual battle raging, right? Ephesians 6 tells us that we put on the full armor of God so that we may stand firm and resist the schemes of the devil, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, all over Scripture, right, we're, we're, we're told that, that people will fall away. Is that Timothy? I forget. Um, yeah. First Timothy, you know, the, we can expect people to fall away in the last days. People are falling away. When we say last days, we mean these days, mm-hmm. right? The last days are, are uh, everything post uh, resurrection. Yeah. You know? First Advent to Second Advent is all last days. Is all last days <laughs> yeah. exactly. So it's just like um, you know these are the last days. We can expect people to fall away. Um, we we are uh, in the midst of a spiritual battle, and there are victims everywhere, and there are casualties. 
you know, everywhere. It's a, it's a real battle. So, and we also know that the, that we're not responsible for people's uh, salvation. I can't save anything. I can't resurrect anything, but God can. Right. Um, so anyways, yeah, I think that, I think that when it's, you know, I can easily listen to a radio broadcast with the lead singer of Hawk Nelson, who is, I have no, I have no clue who he is. But then when it's in your own tribe, oh yeah, you know, when it's in your own tribe and it's your own people, it's the people that you've discipled. Um, it's the people that you have um, kind of linked arms with and fought with, you know, um, that's when it's, it gets real. Uh, it just gets real because you know these people, you know. It's easy to cast upon somebody that we don't know. Ah, yeah, maybe they just weren't safe. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Or it's easy to cast upon somebody that we don't know and just say, ah, what are their motives? I don't know. But then when it's like your tribe and you're like, dude, I know this guy. Yeah. And I know what he's I've, – I've, he was taught the same way I was taught. Right. And he believes the same things I believe. There's – in ways in which this guy is a better Christian yeah. than I was. You know what I mean? And to see these guys – give up on their faith that's when it's like holy moly this is a real issue yeah. you know this is a real thing that's interesting yeah yeah i like that you drew that that uh that line of separation between um your the people that you know personally right and then these these because these these celebrities or these people who are kind of out there mm-hmm. um because it, it is it is affecting uh, a lot of different people in a lot right. of different ways right so, and and how, but how we respond, right? I mean, how are you, Chris, responding to your friends? Like, how how do you respond to them? Um, I mean, I, different ones. Like, I've got a, a buddy um, who's flirting with the process, and I'm literally just texting him and talking with him and just saying, and basically just like flee, <laughs> flee from the wrath to come. I'm, I'm basically just kind of like pleading with him, like, hey, man dig in if you've got issues with the authenticity of scripture if you've got issues with the canon if you've got issues with all of these scriptural ideas and how it came to be and and in the and the uh councils and all that stuff dig into it yeah it's there and the arguments are there and the reasoning is there and the and the um the reason to fall on the side of yes this is true and authoritative is there the yeah. arguments are there um but you need to dig in and you can't just go you know down this path um without stressing that this might actually be real yeah i might actually need to submit my life to this authoritative scripture and allow that to be part of your process yeah i don't want to hear about your journey of curiosity and all this stuff <laughs> like it's fine to question it's fine to ask if things are true or not but if you don't come to some conclusions on that, you know what I'm saying? If 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 somebody like you're saying, all the arguments are there, all the yeah. questions do, do are the answered. Work. Do the work. Yeah. And as soon as somebody answers that question for you, grab that. Yeah. Use that. Stand on that and move on to your next issue, doubt, whatever. And it's it's twofold. I want to be clear here. There's there's the intellectual side, but then there's the spiritual side. Definitely. So like I, I don't wanna I, I'm picturing that the, there's there's a parent listening. Saying like I pointed my kid to to everything, 
I taught my kid everything I could possibly teach them, and they still are no longer a Christian. So it's not it's not all intellectual, the, but the answers are there. And John John Steinsgat said one more thing. I think it's really interesting. He said that uh, deconstructing and reconstructing my Christian faith is just this. Listen, listen to this. This is so. It's just it's just so transparent. Deconstructing and reconstructing my Christian faith is just code language for I'm fashioning a God after my own image and likeness, but there can be only one true God. So he sees the conflict there, and he's just rebuilding a God. And he recognizes it, that he's just wow. making, he's putting himself, himself in the place of God. Wow. You know, I think that that's just really uh, transparent. I think that was him. I mean, it's in the same block. My note taking is awful. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty transparent. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty transparent, right? <laughs> I mean, but that is ultimately what's happening. But there is the spiritual side too, Definitely. where I mean, we could throw the books at everybody, right. um, but then uh, you know, um, the people are, people are dead in their trespasses and sins. Yeah, they're blinded. They're veiled mm-hmm. uh, until the Holy Spirit lifts that veil. So, um, my, one of my pieces of advice for people is 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 pray. Sure, I'm like a real believer in prayer i love prayer i love praying um in general so and it works you know i mean maybe not according to our timeline or or the way that we want but god always answers prayers sometimes he says no i always i tell this to my kids because they they sometimes have trouble with prayer um especially my 11 year old and i'll say well god always answers you he says one of three things yes maybe no so you know i mean and he always answers you it's not always yes and sometimes he says yes and it's not in the way that you want him you know and it comes about in a different way it's like the old that that old proverb or adage you know um you're praying for patience and you're expecting that you know god just to supernaturally give you patience but instead he's giving you circumstances in order to be patient through right so it's like why is God putting me in these situations? Well, because you've been praying for patience. You know, it's time. When are you going to pick on to it? Yeah. You know, it's not always the way that we wish. Mm-hmm. So Going back to the, the intellectual aspect and the answers being there, uh, I think it's important to point out that uh, the point, we, the reason why we give, you know, these answers, biblically-based answers and good answers, is to show them that there's no excuse. There's no valid excuse. Right. Uh, scripture says that you know unbelievers are without excuse and i, I think we need to um and, and i think romans one is talks about it is a spiritual they're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness right. so it's the the truth is there right but but the thing is it's it's not just it's not an intellectual problem it's it's, it's a spiritual problem mm-hmm. but um the role then is to show that hey there's no valid intellectual challenge against mm-hmm. christianity that there's no excuse for it so come to a point where you say you know what i just don't want to believe yeah then after that you can't really do anything about that well i think that that that's one of those things too that's that's the undergirding issue and back to what he was saying there's answers for all these things right and um you know we we were talking in the car recently about that paris reedhead sermon (laughs) no dude so good (laughs) 10 shekels in a shirt where he talks about going and ministering in africa dude, you'd love this sermon you gotta listen to it and and i'll text it to you he goes to africa thinking like he's gonna right the wrongs of god's justice that this people group is out there that hadn't heard of jesus and these poor souls were gonna be hearing the gospel from him Mm -hmm. and they were going to clamor for it um, because they were just a poor, unreached people group. And when he went there, he found that they loved their sin. They absolutely loved their sin and wanted to stay in it. They wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with the gospel. And he was 
utterly just like shook mm-hmm. by this realization of man's depravity and the fact that people without the Holy Spirit are wired to reject truth, wired to reject uh, the gospel. And so it's just a very, it's a, it's a good sermon. It's old. It's um, so good, dude. He called these monsters of iniquity. These, yeah. these people, he's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's such a great sermon, but it's, that's a good, that's a good point, right? I mean, we're wired. Uh, you know, we need rewiring yeah. and that's what happens when our hard heart becomes a heart of flesh and God rewires us, right? you know, and, um, and in order to, to see his grace, to see his glory, um, and this is this is tough. I mean, I know that this is tough for for a lot of people probably out there listening, even because um, they're 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 struggling with this. So, what do you got for us, Chang? What else, man? Drop some knowledge on us. Well, I was blue. thinking about the four soils, actually. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and Jesus talked about you know how people will fall away in different ways, and uh, you know the first the seed of the gospel comes. The first just falls on the road satan comes and snatches it um but the other two the rocky and and the one that grows but then with the thorns the the worries of life it chokes it out Mm -hmm. and they're not able to fully grow Mm -hmm. or one that grows it's but shallow they grow with joy like there's initial um happiness and you could you you think that they're genuine christians but you know they in time, the the soil is so shallow, right. right? They they don't grow at all, and they wither away. And 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 I think about that. Like I mean, that's just the reality of the church. You know, that's just how it is. And Jesus was talking about this parable in the context of many people following him. It's like all these people following, and Jesus saying, "Hey, this is what's what's going on." You know, and it's it's a, actually a warning. You know, yeah. on on how. You ought to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um. And <coughs> excuse me, I, I'm I'm thinking of um, John six. It's like John six sixty, where uh, Jesus is. He had just so so Jesus had just fed the five thousand, right? Uh, then he fled because everybody was clamoring to be with him. He starts teaching again, and he's teaching about how he's the bread of life. In order, in order to be saved, you have to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood, you know. <laughs> and then what happens? Everybody leaves, man. Yeah. He, like the the crowds at this point. So Jesus, Jesus literally feeds five thousand people. He takes mm-hmm. these few fish and these few loaves, and all of a sudden, it just keeps going. You know, it's just like here, pass this around, and it just keeps passing. Mm-hmm. It's just like a miracle, and all these people are like clamoring, and and they actually they cry out for him to be king. Mm-hmm. If you remember, they want him to be king. And he's just like, oh, man, really? You're not getting it. But it's so close. And uh, and then he teaches this and they all leave. And then he's, he, and then he's talking to his disciples. And it says in like that pericope that he turns to his disciples and said, well, you're going to leave too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Peter who says to him, you know, well, who are we going to leave to? Yeah. Which who, is your question. Who where, are we going to leave to? Right? Yeah, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Yeah. Where are we going to go? Right. You know, Jesus, where are we going to go? You... You have the answers to life. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're not going anywhere, you know. Right. And and but but I think that's a good illustration as well. It's kind of like what's happening, right? While while the things are good, you know, man has fallen from the sky. Uh, the Jews praise God. Mm-hmm. You know, one little thing. I mean, you have a people group in in so Old Testament. You have a people group. You got you got the Jews 
who like had a physical manifestation of God constantly with them, right? In a pillar of smoke and fire. You know, they had representatives that heard, literally heard from God audibly. Mm-hmm. They heard from God. And so Moses goes up on that hill. And, and what's the first thing they do? The Jews. Party. Let's hey, get the gold. He's not coming down. He's not coming back down. He's abandoned us. Get the gold. Let's melt it. We're going to fashion a, a, a golden calf, mm-hmm. right. you know, and, and worship that. And that's our hearts, right? Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it is yeah. how the hymn him goes you know so i why i'm kind of bringing this up is because uh lest we become too critical uh yeah you know i mean uh, our hearts are are we're constantly bent towards that but that that's like one of the pieces of advice and you brought it up chris before at the uh at dinner i feel like that's the importance of getting involved in a local body yeah that's a that's an important thing to get sewn in to get grafted in to a local body of 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 solid believers, right. you know, where the Bible is preached, where the word is exposited, where they're not lost in their gimmicks and 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 you know four hour worship sets, but they're dissecting the word of God for you and and helping teach you how to do it yourself. Right. Like that's the importance of, of yeah. Often the these guys who go on the deconstruction, they go, they want to take some time off from church, right? And they want to figure things out by themselves on yeah. their own, yeah. But then that's exact. They should do the opposite, right? Yeah. It's like the sheep saying, "You know, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna head out from the flock, go I'm, spend some time by myself." There's wolves all around. <laughs> I'm gonna go talk to I those to, wolves. That's yeah. what they say. <laughs> yeah, I need to talk you to know. the wolves and get to the bottom of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That wolf over there. He woke, he wrote a book. He must know something. I'm gonna go chat with him. But right. but wolves eat sheep. <laughs> like, don't you understand this? You know, don't do that. Right. You know, and and I want to be clear. It's. Um, Two things. One is I think it's important to understand that doubt is not the same as unbelief. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's okay to doubt certain things. It's okay to question certain things. Right. The the Bible tells us to test uh, to test all things, holding fast to that which is true. Right. right. And and that's what we want to do. We want to test all things. It's okay to doubt. It's okay to struggle and wrestle. I mean, that is the story of the biblical timeline. Right. And dare we say it's even okay to deconstruct. It's totally okay to deconstruct, <laughs> man. Deconstruct. I, I, I read a quote online by um, Douglas uh, Grutice, who is, uh, I think he teaches at Denver Seminary. Like, he's just brilliant. I love his books. And he literally wrote the textbook on Christian apologetics. It's called Christian Apologetics and by him. And he, he wrote, literally, I think today he wrote in like a meme thing, I deconstruct and reconstruct my faith every single day. Right. You know? I'm still a Christian, you know, and and uh, and that's that. I think there's a good point in that. It's okay to to ask these questions and chase after answers. It's okay to read people we disagree with. Uh, you know, it's okay to press into these hard, hard issues. It's okay, right. um, but but make sure you do it like with, with an honest heart, right? Seeking honestly, deconstruct for reconstruction, not deconstruct for deconstruction. That I think that's really, really that that's good advice. I I that, doubt well. You know, doubt well. Um, feed your faith, not your doubt. So you want to feed your faith. You want to make sure that, that you're reading solid and good resources. You know, if you're looking for advice on on uh, the historicity of the New Testament, you don't want to go read uh, uh, Richard Dawkins. He's a biologist. He's a brilliant biologist. And he has horrible things to say about the historicity of the New Testament. But he's not a New Testament scholar. Go go read Mike Lacona, Gary Habermas, um, uh, uh, Linda McGrew, read these people. Those are Christians. Then read Bart Ehrman. He's a, he's an atheist, but read him. That's fine. 
and then weigh the evidence. But don't turn to these, the, you know, feed your faith, not your doubts. Don't turn to these, these like public figures, these public atheist figures, mm-hmm. and, um, and expect that you're going to get robust good answers. You might get some pithy answers that, that they're funny that might make you laugh at some Christians. Right. But it's not, it, it, they don't hold water. Um, you know, and there's two, t- there's two different types of doubt we're finishing up the show, but, you know, there's that authentic searching and then there's looking for a way out. You yeah. know, there's those who are actually authentically searching and those are the people that, uh, that I really want to encourage. Keep searching. But if you're just looking for a way out, just look, just, you're going to find it. You're going to find it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, it's going to, it's there. Yeah. It's there. God, that's, God's not forcing anybody. Yeah. You know, it's there. So any parting words of wisdom, guys? What advice do you guys have in the last minute or so for, for folks who are actually either wrestling with this or have a kid or, or a brother or sister or a student that's wrestling with it? I would say um, stuff that we've already said. I, I would say get yourself plugged into a body. I think the biggest um, issue with this era, this COVID era, is a lot of people are uh, forsaking the gathering of the body. And they are alone and trying to figure all this stuff out on their own. And so plug into a body, pray your heart out and seek uh, answers for the sake of building your faith, not to escape. I love it. Yeah. I mean, there's that um, cry of the father in Mark 9, 24, where it says, Lord, I, I do believe, help my unbelief. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's okay, like you said, to doubt. But then, you know, you're anchored and, you know, in knowing that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord. I like it. Yeah. Be anchored, man. Yeah. Be anchored. And uh, and that's all we got for you tonight, guys. This has been Apologetics.com Radio. We challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. I'm John Noyes, and I'll see you next time, or we'll talk to you next time. Have a great evening.